Hi, and welcome to Two for One, where we talk about two movies that come from the same source material. I'm Claire. And I'm David. Uh, today we're going to be talking about two versions of Death on the Nile. We're going to be talking about one from 1978 and one that just came out uh, pretty recently in 2022, both based on the uh, Agatha Christie novel Death on the Nile. Right, so starting with the 1978 version, it's following the plot provided by Agatha Christie's novel. The movie is about a rich heiress named Lynette Ridgway, who upon meeting her friend Jackie DeBelfour's fiancé, Simon Doyle, she falls in love with Simon and six weeks later it is Lynette and not Jackie who has married Simon. Lynette and Simon are on their honeymoon in Egypt, but everywhere they go, Jackie shows up. In trying to avoid her, they make all their friends, who have joined them on their honeymoon, go on a cruise down the Nile River. However, Jackie manages to get onto the cruise as well. In one emotional night, Jackie has witnessed shooting Simon in the leg, but later it is revealed that that same night, Lynette has been shot in the head while sleeping. Poirot's role is to determine the motives of each person on the boat and ultimately find the killer, which it turns out is Simon, who was in love with Jackie all along. Yeah, and uh, so the 2022 version, just you can rewind 30 seconds and listen to that whole thing again. It's exactly the same. A uh, few of the characters have been moved around a little bit. None of the main characters, not Jackie, not Simon, not Poirot, obviously. Uh, and uh, different cast member with a little, a little tweaks here and there, which we, we can get into in a few minutes. But overall, exact same plot. Right, so the main connection here is that it is Agatha Christie's Hercule Poirot, very famous detective from all of her works, and just another one of his mysteries. So we're going to get into some of our thoughts here on the general merits of both movies. Well, the motion picture teleplay was uh, respectful and exhibited tastefulness and class. Who made you an expert all of a sudden? David, I have a note from you about talking about the casting in both versions, so what are your thoughts? Yeah, so I guess, you know, I, I think obviously the, the the real heart of these movies, in addition to the ambiance, I think the fun of these movies is getting a bunch of actors together. Uh, sometimes, you know, maybe some has-beens or mm -hmm. uh, some movie stars of a past era, but also some current movie stars. So in the 2022 version, we have Gal Gadot, uh, we have... Kenneth Brenna obviously directed it and plays Poirot. We have Army Hammer playing Simon, and who else do we have? Oh yeah, we had Russell Brand, who I did not realize was in the movie. Yeah, Russell Brand, almost unrecognizable, uh, and then halfway through the movie it clicked. Uh, anyone else of note? Annette Bening is in the movie. Uh, Letitia Wright, we can get into her in a second. Um... But yeah, very, you know, kind of an all-star cast here. And uh, I think same thing in 1978, although perhaps a little bit less relatable since it's not really our generation of, of actors, but I think still the, the same caliber of names. Yeah, I, when we put on the 1978 version, I know, like, I was excited because, like, Betty Davis, I've never seen her in a movie, but I certainly know the name. So just looking through the IMDb of that, cast as well. You see a lot of recognizable names, even if they're not obviously current actors and actresses. But you think uh, 2022's got better better cast? I think 
I think that it's, like I said, I think it's more relatable to our generation. I think we're just, you know, I know Gal Gadot from a lot of things. And, you know, who played, who, who played uh, Lynette in the original movie? Uh, Lois Childs? I don't no know. Idea. I don't know Lois Childs. So, like, there's no, there's no, like, connection there. And I think, you know, I, we, we talked a little bit about Gal Gadot and I think, like, She's got the equivalent of a punchable face. And, you know, maybe it sounds bad to say, but, like, she plays this rich heiress with a lot of, uh, uh, how, how would I put this? She, she carries herself as if she knows exactly how rich she is and how much richer than everyone else she is. And mm-hmm. I think uh, at one point some character says it's as easy to love her as it is to hate her. And I think that... That really makes a lot of sense, and Gal Gadot, you know, brings a lot to, you know, to the performance that uh, I really, I buy into, and it's it's just hard with actors that you don't know as well. See, but I think, I think certainly they seem more relatable if you're watching it in 2022, but I think the acting right, right. was better in 1978. Part of it is I just loved Angela Lansbury's... <laughs> Like, specifically her. She plays this crazy old author named Salome Otterbaum. She was great. She Hilarious. But then we have that same character in the new version who's now been turned into a blues musician. And she's just like this cool, like, presence. It's just not as fun yeah. or, like, entertaining as what a lot of people bring to the table back yeah, then. Yeah, that was one of the more different, uh, you know... That was one of the bigger changes in, in, in a character, I think. And I think you're right that in that case, it, it was much less fun in the new version. Yeah. I think there's only one person in particular. Maybe Gal Gadot, too. Because I think, like you said, she's a pretty perfectly cast Lynette Ridgway. Like, you'd totally believe that she would just marry her best friend's fiancé because, like, she, she doesn't care. Yeah, right? and that, like, her friendship... You know, the idea of having a best friend for someone like her is, like, totally meaningless. Yeah, and that exactly. by the time, like, the movie really begins and we're in Egypt and they've already gotten married, she's basically already discarded Jackie as as a friend. Right. And yeah. Yeah. I loved her and then I also loved the Jackie in the new version. So I think the two of them were so good in 2022, which those are important characters to get right. Because yeah. the conflict is between them both having been in love with Simon Doyle. Yeah. But for it being a mystery of who killed Lynette Ridgway, it's really got to be more about the ensemble. And I think 78 has a much better cast of possible murderers, except for the Jackie, who is yeah. just a ridiculous character. Well, let's stay on Jackie and Simon for a second, because I know you wanted to talk about that. Yeah. So why don't you... Why don't you outline like a little bit of the difference in the performances of those two characters in particular? So it's not just the the actresses. Uh, in 2022, Jackie DeBelfort is played by Emma Mackey, and in 1978, she's played by Mia Farrow. It's not really a commentary on their acting so much as like the way the characters presented in the movie, because when they're in Egypt, before they go on the cruise... The the character of Jackie has been pursuing Lynette and Simon throughout their honeymoon. But in the old version, when she shows up, she'll just start yelling yeah. facts at them. Like they're at the top of the pyramid. And Jackie shows up and she's like, oh, the pyramid is this many feet high and everything. It's like, that's not like super threatening. Like, 
But then in the new version, Jackie, like, literally, uh, Gal Gadot's character, Lynette Ridgway, has a quote where she's like, she just shows up and she sits and she stares. And that is a lot more, like, menacing. And I think it's important for Jackie to be a threatening character. Like, she shouldn't send, show up and look goofy. She yeah. should, like, it should be clear that they're trying to flee her. Like, they're fleeing her presence. That's why they go on the cruise in the first place. I think not only in the scenes before the cruise where she shows up and she's staring, but also once she's on the cruise, I think Jackie is much more threatening in 2022 version. I think she could be even more threatening, but I do wonder if there needs to be a limit to how threatening she is because ultimately she is the mastermind behind Lynette's murder. Right. Like, she can't be so threatening that it's like, well, duh, she did it. You know, there does need to be some doubt. Yeah, and I think Mia Farrow, you know, she is a big name, someone that, you know, even though she's of a different generation, I think she's the bigger name of, of mm -hmm. these two actresses. Um, I think Mia Farrow does a, a good job of, like you said, she's a little goofy, but also it looks like she's someone that's capable of shooting, you know, either either her former lover or his new wife, you know? And I think that she kind of walks that line of being dangerous but also silly and I, I think you're right that there's like ambiguity there that uh it, I think it works for her character but I do think that it especially in the beginning it tends toward the silly side and I think there's um there's a scene early on in both movies that I honestly I don't think the scene was super great in either movie what happens is before going on the cruise Simon and Lynette ask the great detective Hercule Poirot to talk to Jackie and basically like convince her to stop following them around. And that's when Jackie reveals that she has a 22 caliber gun and she tells Poirot she's been thinking about shooting herself. Um, and that ends up being, does that end up being the murder weapon? Yeah, that ends up being the murder weapon later. So it's important to see it and know that it's in her possession. And I think it's, it's, the the scene came off awkwardly in both of them, but especially in the older one when Jackie's just been this ridiculous person and then it's like big tonal shift in the character. Whereas in the new version where Jackie's just been this like staring person, it's like, yeah, she's probably got some crazy thoughts going on in there. Oh. Yeah. So the other half of this is Simon, who, like like we mentioned, it turns out that he and Jackie planned this... Uh, murder and fake out attack uh they planned it together so that they could run away together and uh be happy together uh and i think there's no there's not really any doubt in my mind i think army hammer who plays him in the 2022 version i think he's a better simon what i, I think i don't know what, really i do yeah i think so okay my note about simon was simon should be an idiot and I think yeah. he's so clearly an idiot in the old version. Like, at every turn. Especially when, when they've been caught and Poirot is explaining, like, how he knows that Simon did it. Like, Simon just keeps looking to Jackie like, what do I say next? You know? Like, yeah, he's definitely, like... I love that. He's, he's an clearly, idiot. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think, like, in these movies where people are covering up something or they're lying or they're acting themselves it can be a little hard to differentiate between 
what is the actor doing to play a dummy versus like is this just bad acting mm-hmm. and i think like okay. it can take you out of the movie if it's like this guy is being so stupid that i like it just looks ridiculous and i the, the guy who plays simon in the 78 version is named simon mccorkendale and i thought like he was just a goofy like real awkward guy and it's like yeah at the end you know he did it so it's like okay he's acting like an idiot but he's also kind of an idiot but it's also an actor playing that role and it's just kind of hard to sift through that and figure out like okay what's really going on and i think that makes it hard for me to appreciate the performance whereas you know maybe army hammer's performance was a little more straightforward but i think like he did a good job of of, of playing it like that and playing it as if, like, he he might be kind of an idiot too, but he knows what's going on enough, but also he can play things off as if, you know, he had nothing to do with this and he can fool Poirot and he That's can fool true. everybody. So, yeah. I, you know, I, I liked his performance. I think, you know, with him, it's a little hard to get past the alleged cannibalism you know there's there's a lot going on with the current cast that you got yeah it's it's very strange because as as relatable as this cast is and we didn't even mention obviously uh the 1978 version is more or less all white and i think Mm -hmm. uh kenneth brunna to his credit is kind of realizes that even though agatha christie's books and this book in particular deal with class i think pretty well Mm. They don't even touch race, and in my experience, and from from people that I've talked to that have read more Agatha Christie books, she can be kind of a hardcore racist. So I think oh. Kenneth Branagh like wanted to address that. So more characters uh, are are not white. There are black characters. There's also characters that previously it was left a little ambiguous that are now explicitly gay. Uh, yes, that, which so, I thought was really. I was, like, excited at that part. I was like, Paro, you figure everything out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he figured out. He, he figured that one out. Um, but aside from that, you know, I think with with these movies and trying to assemble this, like, really, like, now cast, you know, you kind of run the risk of getting people like Army Hammer, who all of a sudden, it's, uh, mm-hmm. it's kind of a bad look. And, you know, alongside him... I wanted to mention Letitia Wright again because yeah, well, we should get more into the ensemble. Well, okay, you know, before too. I'll I'll just leave it at this. Letitia Wright is potentially a crazy anti-vaxxer, and and she's also terrible in this movie. She's, she is not good in the movie. Yeah, I she's doing an American accent, and it just doesn't sound yeah. right to me. And I think like the character, the the woman who plays her mom uh, in the movie. It, she does, I, I feel like they don't sound the same, and her mom sounds, like, very over the top, but, like, it doesn't, it doesn't ring false to me the way that Letitia Wright's does, so. Yeah, but, I you know, agree. maybe, like, I was already in the mood to, to dislike her, and so I disliked her performance, so maybe I'm giving her performance a bad rap because I think she's a less than perfect human being. No, I mean, I think they were expecting a lot from her that, you know, they took a character that really didn't matter and made it one of these big star names. Mm-hmm. And like her opening scene, she's, 
I guess, negotiating with some bar manager or something. And she's like, oh, you'll remember my name now. And it's like, you're just getting into the movie. And like, I felt like that didn't really land. It just seemed like. Yeah, I don't even remember that. So like, (laughs) that didn't work. Yeah. Yeah, I think she was meant to come off. And the the mom, that's the character I mentioned earlier, Salome Audubon, who's just like in the new version, this cool blues singer. Like, and I think. Uh, Letitia's right. Wright's character is meant to be cool and everything too, but it, yeah, I don't think it lands. Yeah, it's yeah. a little. And she's supposed to like put Poirot in his place. Like she's yelling at him, like, oh, "Do you know anyone who says his name as much as Hercule Poirot?" And it's like, why are you mad at him? Like, yeah, he hasn't even accused you of murder. He accused everyone else. Like, yeah, and I thought that was a good moment. I thought. Uh... Kenneth Brenner, I feel like he's, he keeps trying to inject like all these themes and stuff into into this movie that I don't think it necessarily needed. But that was one of the times where I think, you know, he was trying to get at something that uh, is part of Poirot's character, and I thought that moment landed. But yeah, having Letitia Wright be the person, or having her character be the one to uh, to call him out for his his ego, you know. I don't think it necessarily landed as well as it could, especially because we haven't even mentioned that along on this boat ride is Poirot's friend named Book. Like, one of his only friends, right? Like, maybe his only friend Mm -hmm. in the world. Certainly his only friend in this movie. And, uh, you know, he gets a little comeuppance from, from his friend, from Book, but, you know, maybe it would have been more powerful to have Book do uh do that a little bit yeah i think especially because letitia wright's character is book's romantic partner like they i guess are kind of engaged they're like trying to be engaged but they're following the rules of the time so they're they're waiting to make it official so it would have absolutely made sense for book to be the one to storm out and be like poirot like be a human for once you know um, but actually, can we talk about Book for a second? Because he is a character from Murder on the Orient Express, who, which was an earlier movie Kenneth Branagh had also made, this being the follow-up. They kept Book as a character for this movie, and they brought in Book's mother, neither of which had existed in the 1978 version. I have no idea if they're in the book, um, but they're certainly not in the 1978 version. And that was one of the parts of this new movie where I feel like the motives just were not as clear because I was honestly I was looking at all the characters and trying to remember okay why does Praro think they might have killed Lynette Ridgeway and the reason he thinks Book's mother is a suspect is because she's mad that Lynette Ridgeway introduced Book to his fiance like you're so mad at your son's choice of romantic partner that you're going to kill the person who introduced them it's just it was a a weird choice i don't know how like i don't know just shoveling new characters and not really caring about whether or not it fits the mystery if that makes sense yeah i think that makes sense uh i want to shift gears i guess a little away from the cast uh i do want to shout out rose leslie who plays uh the maid in the new version, I thought she was great. Uh, I also want to shout out Maggie Smith. She's in the old version. She's one of the aforementioned lesbians. 
She's not great. in the old version. Oh, right. Yeah, of course. In the old version, they're not. They're obviously not gay. But she was great. Uh, anyone else in particular that was really good? No, I completely agree with both of those shout-outs, especially to Rose Leslie. Um, yeah. Yeah, she was great. You know her from, from I guess, like two seasons of Game of Thrones. She was uh, Jon Snow's brief love interest. Right. Um, but yeah, I think we should talk a little bit about Kenneth Branagh's, like, idea of Poirot and I know it seems like we're focusing on the new version I I you know my apologies for that but it it seems like it's kind of the prism through which we're looking at both of these at least for me so it makes more sense to talk about Kenneth Brenner uh versus uh who directed the 78 version John Gillerman I don't know much about him but let's start with Kenneth Branagh so I think his performance of Poirot, I mean, as the actor-director, his view of Poirot is obviously tied into his view of the movie. And I think his performance of Poirot is a little... I don't know, it doesn't really work for me, especially especially compared to 1978, when Poirot is played by Peter Ustinov. Uh, and I think Peter Ustinov does a, a great job, and he's very funny, and he's very endearing, and I think... You know, as he spends time with these people on the ship, they sort of get to know him as one thing. And then when the murder happens, he is able to piece together basically everybody's motives and the the events of the evening uh, perfectly. And everybody feels like, oh, this, this guy that I thought was just this goofy guy that was hanging out with us this whole time, he's been listening He's been watching us. He knows who we are, and they feel betrayed by him. And I think that the the new version, Kenneth Branagh, I don't, you know, I it doesn't seem like there's as much reason for betrayal, right? And you know, we had mentioned Letitia Wright's her basic accusation against Poirot that he's just in it for ego, and I think there's supposed to be a little bit of of betrayal there, and especially that you know he's betrayed Book, his friend, but it doesn't ring as true because he's just the same person. You only see one facet of his personality. In the new version. In the new version. I think in the old version you see the facade that he puts up, mm-hmm. which I think it's not even a facade, it's his true self. Like he really is that kind of goofy, bumbling, you know, guy that you would actually like if you met him even if he's not the most social person. But he's also this conniving detective who sees and hears everything. And I don't think Kenneth Branagh, like to him, it's just like, no, I'm just the guy that can figure things out. That's mm-hmm. all I am. Yeah, I think, yeah, I, I think you're completely right on all points there. Because in the old version, the 1978 version, multiple characters are just like, oh, you were eavesdropping. And it's like... Yeah, that's like what he does, and they keep getting so mad about it. But they've also been talking about like crazy private business, like yeah, around the boat. And it only really makes sense if like, if especially for the people who know that they're about to commit a murder, if they are just like really casually dropping information about what they're doing in front of this guy that everybody should know is a threat, especially. You know, they even talk about it in the movie. Like, you say your name so much. You talk about how you're the world's greatest detective. And if it just makes them seem really stupid if, like, that's who he is. And then they get shocked that 
he was listening. That just seems really dumb, and it doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. What needs to happen is that it needs to be revealed that he's this detective, not that they know it from the outside. Right. Even though we know, Mm -hmm. like, it doesn't make a lot of sense that if they know, they still feel betrayed when he turns out to be the guy that figures everything out. Like, of course that was going to happen. What did did they think was going to happen? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I think part of that is the way the motives are presented is different, and we can get more into that in a moment, but I think we need to get a little more into Kenneth Branagh's choices in this new version, Uh, not just of the character himself, but just like random additions to what's happening in the movie. I mean, there are some particular scenes that I just found beyond stupid, particularly Gal Gadot being Queen Cleopatra introducing them to the boat and she, she's just got this huge gold sheet on her and goes I have immortal longings in me like what? and everybody's just like okay and they get on the boat I don't know I feel like he cared about having these scenes or like he saves them from a snake at some point and I also feel like he gets Poirot to just figure things out without like having provided evidence for it. Yeah, yeah, he he very much he He's kind about of, the scene and not about like the whole web yeah. of the story. And he kind of skips the part where he's figuring it out alongside with you. He kind of just goes from you don't know what's going on to Poirot tells you what happened without saying like Okay, let me show you the scene. And I mean, that's something that literally happens in the old version. In the 1978 version, you see all of his conjectures and all of his theories. You see either how it would have happened if this person had done it, or if this person had helped, or like, you know, you see the real version when when he tells you what happened. But Kenneth Branagh doesn't really believe in that. He just wants to jump straight from not knowing to knowing, and then... He wants you to feel the same thing. And I just, I didn't feel the same way. Yeah. You know? Exactly. I didn't feel like we had solved a mystery together. And like, I'm really bad at mysteries. I'm bad at reading them and at watching them. I never figure anything out. I never know who did it. I always think it's basically arbitrary. But then other people are like, I figured it out. So good for them. Uh, But, you know, you still need to have that feeling of, I helped solve this. And Kenneth Branagh doesn't give you that, I don't think. Yeah, absolutely not. No, that's what I was saying just a moment ago about motives, which I guess I'll get more into now. I feel like there's one really clear example, and that is um, Lynette Ridgway's maid, who you mentioned earlier being played by Rose Leslie in the new version. When she's being questioned by Poirot in 2022, that's when it comes out that Lynette Ridgway had made her break off an engagement because Lynette hadn't want to hadn't wanted to lose her as her maid. And it's like, okay, this is like relevant information, makes it seem like you might have wanted to kill her. You are telling that to Poirot right now. Like we didn't know anything about that beforehand. Whereas in the older version, that same maid, it's established very early on. In one of the first scenes, Lynette is in passing telling Jackie about having broken her maid's engagement and all this stuff and of course framing it as like oh i saved her from this like you know thing because that's how lynette views her world 
But that's just one character where, like, in the old version, they make it very clear ahead of time that this person had a motive to be extremely mad at Lynette, maybe to the point of wanting to murder her. Whereas in the new version, Kenneth Branagh is questioning the person, and that's when the facts come out. Either the person says it, like the maid does uh, in her questioning, or Poirot just says something that you had no real evidence for to put it together yourself. Like you're saying, you're not solving the murder with them. Mm -hmm. And I can think of more examples too, like Cousin Andrew, who's Uncle Andrew in the old version. You have a whole scene where he's like, hmm, I'm going to go on the boat and try to steal money from her. Whereas like, you just sort of like have to guess that about him in the new version. So Yeah, yeah and I think the strange thing is, I think Kenneth Branagh is obviously a great actor great actor oh great actor uh and i think he's a good director i think what's what's getting in the way here is you know we were talking a little bit about this i think maybe because he's an actor he is so focused on his character he wants there to be mm-hmm. more there he wants poirot to be something other than like what he is because i think really you know like i've said the fun of these movies comes down to cast you know an ambiance it's supposed to be fun and i looked up john gillerman uh and he's he directed the 1978 version and he's most known for uh you know big budget studio you know action movies things things like that so not just this but king kong towering inferno tarzan movies you know big things that are supposed to be fun maybe he understood that the fun of these movies doesn't necessarily come from Poro, even though his Poro is very fun. I think Peter Ustinov is a very fun Poro. He's a very goofy, likable guy, right? Mm. And I think for Kenneth Branagh, maybe he doesn't understand that that's what's fun about this movie. I mean, obviously he gets that casting is important and he got a great cast, but I think he wants there to be some pathos. Right, that's why he added that whole extra scene to the beginning of the movie. Oh, we, yeah, we didn't even mention there's there's a beginning scene in the movie that shows... It's like 15 minutes long. <laughs> it's not It's not 15. It can't be 15 minutes long. It's long. <laughs> okay, well, I don't know what... I don't know how long it is, but there's a scene in the beginning of the movie that shows a little bit of his backstory as a soldier, as a Belgian soldier during World War One, And he basically gets injured during the war, and his fiance I think, comes to see him. And he's so ashamed and embarrassed of the way he looks because he's got an injury on his face uh, that basically it seems like they break up because no, of no, that. No, 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 no. No? She, she tells him to grow a mustache, but then she dies later Well, okay. to visit so him. Well, okay, so it seems like they break up, and then later in the movie he's... Oh, is that like a revealed thing? I don't, I don't know. But like then you find out that's why he grew his mustache... And then at the end of the movie, he's, like, shaved the mustache to reveal his scars. And that's supposed to be, like, a big character oh, thing. Oh, right, because he totally fell in love in the process of this whole movie right. in the new version. Right. There's a lot going on with Poirot that, like, yeah. doesn't necessarily need to be there. I think that's the point, is, like, there's so much of this, like, plot arc or, like, this character arc that it's just, like, can Poirot just be this goofy dude? Like, I don't... Yeah, and there's, there's something to it to... All of that extra that I like. Because it's not just extra for Praro, it's extra for so many characters. Like, the doctor in the new version happens to also be a lord 
again, not something you had evidence for before Praro just told you, right? Right. So it's cool that Praro's figuring this stuff out, but it's interesting that these characters have more going on. He's figuring out, ooh, Book and Letitia Wright's character, they're in love even though they're trying to hide it, right? And he finds out about the lesbian couple, which again, I did love. Like, that came out of the blue for me, and I was like, oh my god, it makes sense. Unlike some of the other things that Praro just, like, gave to you. So I think he's doing more in the story that's not related to solving the murder and that's why it like it takes away from the fun of the mystery because he's looking to do something else something other than a murder mystery honestly yeah and i think it takes away some of the fun because he's literally taking some of the humor out of the character like he's not he's not goofy he's not bumbling he's not someone that you would you know ever see He, he rarely smiles he doesn't really joke you know, he's just, it seems like he's just trying to plumb the character, de- the, plumb the depths of, the, of this character, and I don't think there needs to be anything deep there, and I think, like, it's actually counterproductive, because, you know, as we were saying before, if he's only presenting this one face, there's no reason for anybody to underestimate him, and I, I just, mm-hmm. I think, like, it's, he obviously likes the character, and I think, as an actor, I think that's getting in the way of his direction of these movies. I think he thinks that Poirot is really about Poirot, and I don't think that it really is. Yeah. And I've only read I've only read a few of the books, I've seen a few of the movies, I've seen a few episodes of the TV show, and that's my opinion. I'm sure there are going to be, I'm sure there's, you know, Poirot diehard fans that really think there's something to the character, and I'm sure there is if you actually get really into it, but I don't think that, that these movies, I don't think that needs to be the basis there. Yeah. Well, and I think part of you saying that it takes away from the humor, because I think there are very humorous elements to the movie and to Poirot himself, but I think you, David, particularly don't find the humor he's infusing to be that that funny. Like, you don't like that he's, like, fussy about his desserts. I think, like, there's, there's, like, a trend of trying to... Like, every everybody that's quirky, I feel like there's a trend where you have to like psychoanalyze it or or like diagnose it almost and I think that you know this has been a popular thing in movies for like basically the past decade and I think that there's a little bit of that going on with this Poirot and you know especially in Murder on the Orient Express I think there's there's a little of that going on I think that it's okay to leave ambiguous why Poirot is a little goofy without giving him you know trauma I mean, it's okay that he has trauma, but I I don't think that really adds anything to the story here. Mm -hmm. Well, do you have any final thoughts before we we say which movie is better? Uh, No, I mean, have we we given shout-out? There's so many great actors in both of these movies that I want to make sure we shouted everybody out that... uh, I thought the guy who played Cousin Andrew, uh, Ali Fazal... uh, Oh, in the new version? In the new version, I thought that, that he was great. Um, you know what I liked about his scene and something that is a huge compliment to the new version which I feel like we should compliment after sort of tearing it apart a little bit there but I did love a lot of the the way the shots were done and when he's confronting Cousin Andrew in the new version it gives you that Dutch angle and everything and it's very like I don't know creating a, a sense of tension and whatnot they do it a lot with shots through the windows of the boat in the new mm-hmm. version too, so there's there are 
some artsy choices that I like and some that yeah. you know, I didn't like. I like that stuff. I, I think like it's a very well shot. It's I mean there's there's a couple bad CGI moments that uh stood out to me, but other than that, you know, it's a very good looking movie and you know, I think he he certainly is aware that the atmosphere, the ambiance, the the location, you know, death on the Nile, like that that's important to the movie, you know, that we feel like we're in Egypt, we're on the Nile, we're on this boat. Uh and I, I think that all comes across really well. And I think yeah, I do think Kenneth Branagh is a good director. Um so I hope uh yeah, I hope we didn't tear him apart tear him apart too too much just now. Um but yeah, I mean which which do you think you prefer? In many ways the work of a critic is easy. We risk very little yet enjoy a position over those who offer up their work and themselves to our judgment. All right, so I I'm afraid that with looking at movies it's it's similar to people always saying like oh the book was better, you know. Right. People always be like oh the older version is better. Yeah. And like I I almost want to like question myself when I start feeling that way. So let me say First of all, I have that in my head. And then also, we watched the 2022 version first. And then we watched the the 1978 version. So, as far as the mystery goes... You know, I wasn't totally sure, is it going to be the same murderers in the 78 version? Yeah, I thought it would be different. But, like, I, I understood who they were and their relationships to each other better when watching that one. So, those things might might be coloring my judgment a little a little bit, but I think uh I think I did like the older version better. And there were some things where it's just there are some particular parts of it that I really loved. Angela Lansbury is hilarious when she's just drinking at the bar. So our journey is continuing. Good afternoon, madame. Will you not join me for a little refreshment? This marvellous little man here has just made me the most extraordinary concoction out of native fruit juices. It's called a golden sebek and is named after the god of the ancient city of Crocodilopolis. <laughs> Sometimes I do take the hair of the dog, but never the scale of the crocodile. Please! <laughs> well, and how are you getting along with your investigation of this tragic affair, Monsieur Porridge? Like, I don't even... She's just this crazy old lady <laughs> She's yeah, she's hilarious. very funny in the movie. And like I swear there's there's other there's other good parts about the old movie as well. So despite having not a very good Jackie who I think should be the best, you know, cast character not cast but the best presenting character because I think like I said earlier it's more about the writing and the way the character was presented. Um so despite that one flaw yeah, I think I got to go with the the 1978 version. Yeah, I think I'm I'm in the same camp, and especially what you said about you know there's so much bias toward like oh the old thing is better you know every remake every remake is terrible like they shouldn't do this book or they shouldn't redo this movie or whatever there's a lot of bias toward that and I usually think it's mostly bullshit right well we wouldn't make a podcast called Two for One if you and I weren't down to watch remakes and whatnot so yeah and I will say that even though I think I like the old version better I agree with you there. What can I tell you, kid? You're right. When you're right, you're right. You're right. We liked the new version well enough that we went back and we watched the old version. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, that's true. So it, it had to be 
good enough that we were interested and we said we want more. And in this case, wanting more means not, you know, waiting for the next sequel, but going back to uh, the older movie. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with everything you said. I, I think uh, there are certainly some flaws in the older movie. I think some of the acting, you know, especially, I guess you and I disagree about Jackie and Simon a little bit. I think mm -hmm. they're okay in the old movie, but better in the new movie. The only Egyptian character in the old movie, in the 78 version, is uh, uh, questionable, I would say. There are a couple, yeah. Yeah, not a lot to say there. I think the 2022 movie, uh, more diverse cast, uh, you know, just, yeah, like, more awareness, not just of class as a thing, but that there are other uh, sort of dimensions within this group of people. I mean, that that's pretty much all I'd say about that. I, I, want, I feel like there's just so many actors in both of these movies. I just, like, I keep racking my brain to make sure that we mentioned everybody who's great, but really... Almost everybody is great in both of these movies, and uh, both of them, I think, are pretty good. All right, so then the final question is, new Death on the Nile, Right. what's it got to be like? So, forgetting these two movies, what would make the best new version of Death on the Nile? I've got the most scathingly brilliant idea. I think, like, both of these movies are good, and... If they could just get rid of the bad parts. So I would say for the 1978 version, the bad parts are like, at best, I would say race blindness. At worst, I would say For old sure. school racism. <laughs> uh, and I yeah. think that the 2022 version did a much better job with that. And for the 2022 version, I think uh, getting rid of getting rid of all this excess you know, uh, delving into why Poirot, why Poirot is the way he is. I mean, it already is two really good movies, but I think that would be, I think that would be something really great. And I think, uh, I would rather have Peter Ustinov or someone, someone like him. I would rather have him playing Poirot, but, uh, really both of these casts are good. You know, they both look good. Can you think of a modern actor you would want? A different Poirot. I don't have anybody. I don't. I don't think that. It's weird because it's not that. It's not that Kenneth Branagh can't do it. I think maybe a different director. Someone with, else needs to like reel him in a little bit. Yeah, I think so. I think that I would replace the director before I replace Kenneth Branagh, I'd, who is also I'd be Kenneth happy Branagh. With that because I love Kenneth Branagh's presence on screen. You know? Yeah, and I think like if he had someone to tell him like you know that this is a goofy like. <laughs> murder mystery set in 1930s Egypt, right? Yeah. Someone just to remind him of that. And, like, this isn't, this isn't, like, a best picture contender, you know? <laughs> and I think, like, he doesn't, I mean, he just won, he just won best director at the Oscars, right? For this movie? Not for this oh. movie, but he won for, uh, uh, was it Belfast? <laughs> okay. Right? That makes more sense. Yeah, definitely not for this movie. But I think maybe, you know, obviously he's a great director, but maybe he thinks, like, his job is to take it from, like, down here to up here, and I don't think it, it needs to be elevated in that way. I think that, like, basically a genre picture, you don't need to pretend that it's something that is different. It doesn't make it any better or any worse than something, you know, more, uh, something smaller or something, you know, closer to the director's heart. I think uh, it, it, it can just be what it is, and it, it doesn't need to be more than that. I think, okay, so if I were to 
say the best way to present this movie? Oh gosh, I think the 2022 version benefits a lot from being made in the 2020s because a lot of making movies has just gotten better. Mm. Like being able to create tension with a camera angle. Or like when someone's running up to murder someone in some ancient Egyptian ruin, don't spend like a full minute just having a camera going around. Do you remember that in the old version? Yeah, I mean, I, I will say I think some of it is taste. It's not just it's not just that things have gotten better, although I think that in a lot of ways they have. Uh, it's just that, you know, things that, like shots that might have meant something 50 years ago mean something different now. Mm, yeah, yeah. That's basically just saying that the new movie is more relatable to people who are 30 mm-hmm. in 2022. Yeah. Which makes a lot of sense. They're not they're not making this... They didn't make the 1978 movie for people who weren't alive in 1978. Right. You know? Yeah, so basically give me a movie that makes movies the way... The way know, that we generation. want them to be made. <laughs> yeah. But I think the other thing I would say, just going back to one of the first things I said, is make Jackie... Like, make me a little scared of her, you know? Like, I need to believe that they are going on this cruise in order to be escaping something. And then when she shows up after that first attempted murder, like, I want to be, like, a little disturbed, you know? But it has to be very, very careful to balance that against making Jackie somewhat sympathetic, like... Then when she drops the the Chekhov's gun scene, like I need to be like, oh no, like actually like, you know, maybe it's not her. Maybe she's just really upset and coping terribly. But balance that with everything you're saying about the humor, because I think the ensemble needs to give me Angela Lansbury, you know, make me laugh. So a movie that can do that (laughs) is going to be the movie I want. And notice I did not mention Poirot, because to David's point, like, He's just the vehicle for uncovering the mystery. Like I don't need more, more from Poirot. I think you've you've convinced me of your perspective there. Well, good, good. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I I think you're right. I think uh, I also think that Angela Lansbury. I mean, she was so good. I wonder, did she just show up and was like, "I'm going to do my own thing"? Because <laughs> like everybody is sort of out of sync with each other in the 1978 version. Like, people's, people, some people are acting silly, some people are acting drunk, some people are acting yeah. very serious, but, like, maybe it's bad acting. Everybody's kind of doing their own thing, and I think that actually works to, like, contrast the characters. And I think in, in the new, in the 2022 version, everybody's a little s- sort of self-serious, like... A slightly different yeah. version of a serious character, including Poirot, and uh, I think you know that's not as that's not quite as fun. So I would want to go back to, you know, maybe just like invite a bunch of great actors. Don't let them read the script. Have them show up on the day of and just be like, "Fuck it, like do whatever the fuck you want." Like that's gonna be more fun, you know? Yeah. Well, maybe that's like how I would actually do it if I if I wanted to remake it. I would just get a bunch of famous actors who don't have cannibalism scandals, mm-hmm. get them together, don't even give them the script, tell them, like, fly to Egypt, like, we're going to do this, you know, maybe tell them who they're playing, you know, they're actors, they're going to want to study up, but, you know, everything else will be just, like, show up and do your own thing, you know, like, 
When Johnny Depp showed up on Pirates of the Caribbean, and they were like, "What pirates?" And they were like, "What is the fuck doing? is this guy going on? Yeah. Is he playing drunk? Is he playing gay? Is he actually drunk? Yeah. Like, and what is he, he doing?" He made one of the best characters of that era. Of and movies. the relationship between him and Will, played by Orlando Bloom, like it feels they they play off each other so well in the relationship. You know, you you do feel something right. for that. And they f- they seem like they'd be characters from different movies. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I totally hear what you're saying. Like, maybe give them the script ahead of time, but maybe tell each one that they're aiming for a different right. like, That's genre great. Yeah. of movie. Yeah. Like, you can tell half of them that it's a comedy, half of them that it's big budget, half of them that it's small budget, you know? It's 150%. But yeah, you know, mix and match uh, what you're telling them. I'm excited about this idea, but I can... Not see it being executed well. So now that we've presented our idea for the new Death on the Nile movie, I don't know how sold I am on it. Well, who would be the director? You know, I mean, that's that's the real. That's what it really come down to. You know. Oh, I know who should be the director. Who's the uh, what we do in the shadows guy? Oh, he would make a great Death on the Nile. Yeah. What's his name? (laughs) Um. (laughs) He's like one of the biggest. Uh, it's like Taika Waititi. Yes. <laughs> I like how we remembered it at the same time. We'll cut what out eight it? minutes of deliberation <laughs> where we didn't under where we didn't figure out Taika Waititi's name. Don't, he would be. He can balance those different things, yeah. right? Yeah, I think so. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, Jojo Rabbit. That's a hilarious movie. Oh it's yeah. So devastating. Yeah. Oh, I think that's a great idea. Thank I think you. we should write to him and tell him that like. Fire Kenneth Branagh from his own film franchise, but only for half of his job. Fire him from exactly half of his job, and then don't send him the script, and just have him show up to India or wherever the next movie takes place. You know what, I would love that, because I want more of the Kenneth Branagh Poirot movies. This is the second one, I want it to keep going, and I'm just afraid that... That this is the last one. I I'm also I'm also it. afraid. I hate it when when movie series that I like, mm-hmm. even if like this isn't my favorite series in the world. I think both movies that they've made so far are pretty flawed. Oh, you think this one's? I think this than, one's better yeah. than Murder on the Orient Express, but they're both flawed. I still want it to continue, and I worry Absolutely. that because of Army Hammer, because of Letitia Wright, like you know, bad press around this movie, and then I don't Army think Hammer's it, not coming back. <laughs> Army Hammer is definitely not coming back, uh, but yeah, I just wonder if it didn't do as well, and I don't think yeah. either of them has been exceptionally well-reviewed, that, you know, he just won a Best Director Oscar, he might be, like, ready to move on, you know? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I could see it that, that it might not get a, a third movie in the franchise, and I would be disappointed if that was the case. All right, well, that was our review of Death on the Nile, both yeah. based on Agatha Christie novel. 1978 version, 2022 version, we both agree we would recommend the 1978, although I think we would both agree we'd recommend both movies. I mean, do what you feel. Um, And then uh, our own version is pretty convoluted, but we're excited about it. Yeah, I think uh, we we ended up at a place that we're happy with. We just need to get everybody signed on to do it. That's it. Thank you very much. Stand by me.